Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watch Sonic the Hedgehog with my friend, Olive Ray Brinker. Olive uses she, her pronouns. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. Hey, Olive, how's it going today? Is that is that a bad way to start the podcast? And also, does it matter? Because it's my podcast, so I can do whatever I want. So, hey, Olive, how's it going today? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm a little sick, uh, which is less than ideal, but I'm here to talk about Sonic, so that's always a good day. Gotta say, based on it, related to Sonic, after this record, you know, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be playing a Sonic game came out today. Uh, not a new one, but Sonic 2 Sega Ages edition came out which is a port of the sonic 2 for the sega genesis to the switch and it's made by m2 they're like an emulation uh developer and they made a version of sonic 1 uh last year and i like loved it like they made so many small changes like they made it a little bit easier that was in optional mode there's like a rewind i think perfect emulation so like That's what I'm doing after this. I'm going to go buy that and just play that all night. I can't wait. So I got like Sonic Fever right now. Emulation is the best thing of all time, pretty much. Like I love, like I have like the Mega Man collection, the Mega Man X collection and stuff like that on my Xbox. Yes. And being able to have like save states and just play the game like a complete pussy and just save state every 30 seconds and go back (laughs) if I die. That's my shit. Like I I can't imagine playing Mega Man without that now. Well, yeah, I, um... I was never able to beat the classic Sonic games as a kid because I was terrible at them. And also I didn't I was I was more of a 3D Sonic kid, which will factor into this episode. Like when? Like you started with like Sonic 06 or something like that? No, 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 no. I'm not that young. I started with um Sonic Adventure 2. Well, I started this is actually I wrote an article about this, about my history as a Sonic fan, but this really does talk about the different eras of Sonic. The first Sonic game I played was the first Sonic game, and I remember playing through Green Hill Zone in my grandma's basement on the Sega Genesis and just being like, whoa, because it was my uncle's video game system when he was a kid. And I was like, whoa, what is this? This is so cool. And I would n- I would only ever get past the first level a few times because, you know, the original Sonic game is pretty hard. And when you get to Marble Zone, that's a treat. That's like, all right, here we are. We're in a we're in a burning Greek city. This is my little treat for getting past Green Hill Zone. 
I think that's kind of the thing of like really super hard games that you played when you were a kid is like, yeah, I know by heart the first few levels of Mega Man, Super Mario Bros, Super Mario 3, but like, I don't know how those games end. <laughs> I think that I've yeah. beaten Mega Man X and Mega Man 2, but like, I've never beaten a Mario game front to back. But the, I like these uh, emulation collections because the Sonic 1 version had it so instead of losing all your rings, you just lose 10. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's not like the real way to play the game in quotes, but like I can beat it now and see what the ending looks like and I can finally beat this game I really like. So that's why I like it for that. I have beat Sonic 2 before, but I did use rewinds, so I guess that doesn't count. But I'd rather use the, the lose 10 coins mode because it feels... Lose 10 rings, God. That feels less, like, fake in quotes to me. I'm a little bit baffled by, like, hardcore gamers that, like, get annoyed with other people that turn on all of the handicaps and things like that. I've played through Celeste, right? I put, like, 20, 30 hours, whatever, into Celeste to actually beat it without any of the handicaps. And I was like, wow, I feel so satisfied having done this. And they put out more levels, and I was like... I'm just going to turn on all these handicaps and see what that's like. Like, I don't really need the stress (laughs) in my life at this point. I kind of just want to, like, get the story here. I'm just somebody who's always been terrible, terrible at video games, and I just, I still play, you know? Yeah, and when I say, like, it feels fake to me, I more mean, like, it just feels dissatisfying to me personally. Like, I don't care if anyone is using that. Right. It's really just a personal thing. But um, I started with Sonic 1. The Sonic 1, the level you go through is Green Hill Zone. You know, it's a beautiful tropical island. You're flying through. You're going through these loop-de-loops. And then the next game I played is... I feel like these are probably the two games that most people started with. I mean, maybe Sonic 2 or 3 people also started with. But you know what I mean. The classic games and then this. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube. The opening level of that is not a tropical area. It is Sonic running down the streets of San Francisco with the police after him so it really is perfect for like this movie how it captures like the classic era where he's in his own little sonic cartoon wonderland of tropical forests and wonder and then when he enters the human world and he's longer and lanky and running through streets and such it is funny how the movie actually captures how specifically I went through the Sonic series, and I'm sure a lot of people did. I mean, I think this is a good way to talk about the movie in general, because clearly you are like a mega fan of the Sonic franchise and have been playing these games for a long time. I've played like literally none of them. Like I've never played like a Sonic Sonic game. I played Sonic All-Star Racers, I think it was called, the one that had Danica Patrick as a playable character (laughs) and Wreck-It Ralph. I was so bad she wasn't in this movie, my favorite Sonic character. (laughs) That would have been incredible. Yeah, fuck Tails and Amy and and Shadow and Knuckles and all those guys. We need Danica Patrick. When I heard there was an end credit scene, I'm like, yes, here comes Danica. (laughs) I just approached this movie from the perspective of like, I am watching a movie and I expect it to be a movie. I expect it to have a plot that makes sense and characters that make sense. (laughs) And like, even if it doesn't do those things, I guess that I expect it to be full of like crazy fan service and all of everybody's favorite characters are going to show up and they're going to spend a lot of time in Sonic World. And neither of those things really happen. Like it kind of just does half of each of those things. I'm surprised you expect... I was going to say what you should have done is watch Sonic X because that's what I expected. But we did watch Sonic that's X. That's true. So we, what, did, we did watch a couple episodes of Sonic X. Isn't this movie 
just an extended Sonic X episode. Am I wrong here? Like, this is very close to Sonic X. I mean, it really does feel like it. And that's like the main heart of my issue with this movie if we're just going to jump right into it. So, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. It's that it's similar to Sonic X. Well, like, I've only seen three episodes of Sonic X. I think that's the only Sonic material I've really seen aside from Sonic Racers. Which is amazing because we watched the Egg Moon Saga. Right. We watched like the worst episodes. So like when I was watching this movie, I kind of felt like they could have taken a page out of Sonic X's book because like if Sonic the Hedgehog has to be on Earth and he has to hang out with like humans because they don't really have the budget to have the entire movie in Sonic World, which is called what, by the way, because I don't know. Uh, it, it, it depends a lot on... I'm going to say Mobius. That's what people right now are screaming at okay. me. But I don't think it's actually in canon still called that. I think that was that was like an early uh, 90s canon thing, and which transferred over to the Archie comics. But I don't know if that's canon anymore. Okay. I guess so. what I'm saying is that like if Sonic isn't in Sonic Land and he does have to go to Earth and he does have to hang out with humans, why does he spend the entire movie hanging out with like a 46-year-old... like a cop who's married who like acts like my stepdad essentially and like my stepdad's a great guy like i like spending time with my stepdad he's a great dude he's really nice but he shouldn't be the lead of a sonic movie they can't figure out which sort of person sonic should be hanging out with except for once god we should have watched this episode of sonic x there's legitimately this great episode of sonic x where he's hanging out with a girl in a wheelchair and it's like the only time sonic's hung out with a, a human person and it actually worked but like every other time they're like okay let's make sonic with a princess right let's make sonic with a spoiled little rich kid chris yeah fuck that kid he sucked and now they're like let's make sonic with a cop it's like why do we keep putting sonic with these characters that are antithetical like he's known as like a free spirit and like anti-authority so they're like okay let's put him with either a princess or a rich kid or a cop. It's like, this makes no sense. And also these characters are so boring. Yeah. And I guess that it's just really, really strange because we're seeing right now, like this resurgence of like teen stories in popular culture and media, you know, you have like stranger things and it, and the new ghostbusters is all about like a bunch of like preteens. And it's like, why isn't this movie about that? Like Sonic comes to earth makes friends with a 14-year-old because Sonic in this movie is kind of a 14-year-old, so it would make sense for him to emotionally be friends with that kid. Wow, I would love that. It's just so strange because, like, one, James Marsden doesn't really seem like he's having all that much fun in this movie. Two, he's a fucking cop, and cops just suck shit, and, like, his entire thing in the movie is, like, I'm sick of this small-town life. I want to go to the city and bust some crackheads, you know? Like, he is so violent and angry and macho, and it's really disturbing to me. I kind of like that the end of the movie, the message is, like, he he's like, okay, I actually don't need to, like, be going to the big city and, like, be stopping drug deals to be helpful to a community. I can just be helping people help their cows be born or whatever. Like, the weird thing about this movie that, like, the weirdest thing, like, halfway through is I'm like... Why'd they even make James Marsden a cop? Because he doesn't do anything cop-related in this movie. No. He's just like he's just like a community organizer or something. Like his job is to like help people get like he might as well be a fireman in a town with notoriously no fires. Like he basically nothing about what he does or his character or anything makes sense as him being a cop when he's in Green Hills, Montana. 
but like they wanted they I think they wanted him to be a cop so that they could be like okay but he wants to go to the big city to really help people and you know save a life but like that whole part of the movie falls completely flat like his argument with Sonic in the car chase yeah it's really pathetically written honestly yeah it's the one part of the movie that I think I'm I'm a total mark for this movie. I know it's not great. I know it's really a by the numbers kids movie, but it's also just like I just love see I I really I'll get to this later in the episode, but I think they nailed the character of Sonic super well in this and they really modernized it for a new generation in in a subtle but very very effective way. But that was the one part where they're like I don't understand why Sonic is mad at him for leaving Green Hills. They they try to tie in Sonic leaving to the Mushroom Planet to him leaving Green Hills. That does that like does not make sense at all. Those two decisions are completely different. I mean, and it's also strange because like Sonic has never left this small town and like he's so rooted in this small town when it's like why is Sonic like a small town guy in the games? Like, is his whole thing like, I love America, I love small town Montana, and the big city sucks? Because it's like, fuck you, dude. Like, this guy wants to go to the fucking city because he feels unfulfilled. Let him do it. Why are you so mad about it? I guess we can talk about that now, about how I feel about Sonic's character in this movie. So you know how in Sonic X I said they really played up how he's a lone wolf who's, like, really elusive and on the run? I think in this, they really play up how, like, like, like in Sonic X, they're like, oh, look, everyone's on a boat, and they're all, they're all on the deck, like, talking to each other, but there's Sonic, he's sitting in the, the lookout tower by himself, oh, isn't that cool? Right. This movie is, like, the opposite, where Sonic, because he grew up and was told, like, hide yourself from everyone else, he never has friends, he's really, like, sensitive, and he's scared to, like, branch out, and really, like... It feels more like a Gen Z Sonic that he's more like earnest and he's very sensitive and like in tune with his emotions in this movie. He's like cocky the way Spider-Man is cocky. He's not cocky the way like modern Sonic in the games is cocky where he just I think part of the reason why Sonic is such a great character and why so many people are so dedicated to the series is because he's such a confident character and people admire that in him especially little kids and i think this movie does a great job of like because the 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 generations growing up right now are way more in tune with our emotions and stuff we really are just like we care more about self-care we care more about our feelings and like sonic reflects that in this movie he's more like i don't know he's he's more of a kid in this he's like he cares about his friends he he gets sad like i don't know i really like that Yeah, I I do like that about Sonic. I think that the characterization of Sonic in the movie is pretty good in and of itself. And I think that Ben Schwartz is a really great casting for that character. Yeah. But again, I think that the world that he exists in, the people that he surrounds himself with, makes me like him less. Like, I think that Sonic needs somebody to work off of that he is like an equal to instead of like... When you see James Marsden hanging out with Sonic, you're like, why are you doing this, dude? Like, you have a wife, you have a job that you want to have, you're trying to leave town, you're like just hanging out with this hedgehog. I saw this with my best friend when we were leaving the theater, they were talking about, they called James Marsden a foil to Sonic, and I was like, well, that's not even true, he's not even a foil, like, James Marsden is a bland piece of toast, and Sonic is the jam you're putting on it, like, it's not even, a foil is like the opposite of a character to reflect. Right. James Marsden isn't that. James Marsden's character is basically just nothing. He's really, 
You know, I got to say, though, controversially, I actually did like James Marsden's character in the movie just because I thought he had some good jokes. And, you know, sometimes you do just need a dry piece of toast just to remember how much jam, how much good jam tastes. But that's not even true, though, because like I just saw Birds of Prey last week. Every character in that movie has something to do. And it's like, well, there's no there's no point in, th- in that movie where I'm like, this was unnecessary. The Sonic movie is so <laughs> full of those moments where I'm like, why are they getting drunk? Why are they getting into a bar fight? Why is this happening? Why is any of this happening? You know, see, I was literally like I was just smiling the whole movie like a child. And I was literally just like I was never asking why is this happening? I was always just like, oh, this is happening. What a right. What a treat. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have a critical eye for movies, but I just turn it off when it's like, I don't know. I've I spent the last like three years thinking about how I would rewrite the plot of Sonic Forces and how I would redo how the levels are structured in the gameplay. So I think I just need to like give myself self care and just be like, he 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 hit that man with a with a beer bottle and it didn't break. Well, I, I guess that's something we were talking about before we started recording this episode. Like, if you did have to punch this up. Would you have ideas for that as a big fan of the series or would you literally just be like, no, this is this is fine how it is. I don't need anything different. Oh, no, I would definitely if if I could punch it up, I definitely would. I would definitely I mean, I like James Marsden in this movie, but just because I me liking him was more. I didn't actively dislike his character, and I thought some of his lines were funny. Sure, I did actively dislike everything about his character, so I guess that's the communication breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's more that there were a lot of lines that I heard were in the script, and I just wasn't reading them. I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. But the way he delivered them made them work for me, so I was kind of, I guess I was just impressed with him as an actor, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, wow, you made that a complete, like the, 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 the exchange that's like, I was making formulas when you're still spitting up formulas. And then James Marsden is like, well, oh yeah, well, I was breastfed, (laughs) which is just like such an awful response line. But he says it in such a way that he, he, he's able to make it work. So I think I was just sitting in the theater like, you know what? Good job, James Marsden. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Well, I, I guess, I guess that I was just a little bit disgusted that everybody in the movie has to work against James Marsden. Like Jim Carrey is such an incredible comedic actor who hasn't been working a lot lately. So everybody's like, oh yeah, Dr. Robotnik in this movie. So great. Like I love Jim Carrey in the movie. And then I watched the movie and most of his scenes, he's working off of James Marsden, who's giving him nothing. And I'm like, oh, I don't what hmm, why is this happening right now? You know, <laughs> like if if Jim Carrey was like working off of somebody with any kind of charisma or like a character that I understood, I guess, and not just like a fucking yeah. white, straight male cop. I don't know. Well, what's weird is his his henchman isn't given any characterization, but he works so well off him. Like the, the scenes with him and his henchmen are great. Um, yeah, I ship it. You know, I should. I should say, I guess one reason why I should give, I, I said I was going to give preamble before we recorded. I want to give my preamble now. Oh, sure. Because this movie, I've been following it since the since before they announced it. I've been following this since like it was just a rumor about the script. And I remember just hearing all the details of like, before they announced Jim Carrey as Eggman, before anything, it was like, I just heard like, Sonic's going to be friends with a cop. I was like, what? It's going to be live action? What? And then the details started coming out like Jim Carrey is Eggman. It's just going to be Sonic. Green Hills is going to be a small town in Montana. 
And then, of course, the thing happened with... There was, like, three months of lead-up where they were showing, like, silhouettes of him. And, like, there were all these quotes of, like... uh, Like, not even before they showed a silhouette, there were these quotes where people were like, yeah, we don't know if we did a good job. I hope people like it. And I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) And then... There was a test screener sent out. They were talking about that breastfeeding line. And I remember reading that and being like, what is this movie? They're like, oh, yeah, Gangster's Paradise plays in the movie. And I was like, what is going on? Like, all these details were coming out. They're like, there's Baby Sonic. And I was like, Baby Sonic? What does that mean? Then, of course, they started doing this slow trickle of what he looks like, of, like, showing a silhouette and then just his feet as if he's a horror movie monster. Right. And then... They finally show that first trailer, and it looks terrible, and the internet goes crazy. So, like, I just wanted to give that preamble of the fact that this movie isn't actively terrible is, like, a treat to me. Is I'm just, like, I can forgive it for so many faults just because uh, it's I've been expecting this to be terrible for a solid, like, five years or so of my life, or however long I can't, I lost count. So I guess that you were you had just kind of braced for impact. Like I'm I'm somebody yeah. who doesn't watch movie trailers at all whenever I can afford to, you know? My butthole has been clenched for so long that the fact that I can finally release it it feels like a relief. It doesn't matter if the movie's perfect because my butthole is unclenched. Right. I mean originally the movie was going to have like Chris Pratt, right, as the main as the cop guy. I don't know if that's confirmed. I think the poster that had Chris Pratt on it was a um was like a test one that the that they're like, "Hey, look, this would be the look of the movie." I don't know if I would have liked this movie more with Chris Pratt. I'm kind of I'm kind of getting over Chris Pratt. Or I guess I'm getting too much Chris Pratt. Let's both say an extremely big name Hollywood actor you wouldn't mind being Sonic's friend in this movie. I have one okay, wait, locked g- Give me loaded. a second. Give me a second. I need. Okay, I know. I know who I'm gonna say. All right, who are you gonna say? Sophia Willis from It. Uh, she played Bev. Oh, I don't know who that and is. And she hasn't been in another good movie. You didn't see It? No, I don't. I'm scared. I'm a baby. Okay, that's fine. She's just. She's just really good in that movie. It. It plays into the whole like teen adventures kind of thing. And you know what? Sonic spends a lot of his time hanging out with like prepubescent boys, and that's weird. Just like. Give him some more well, diverse friends, I guess, is what I'm saying. Sonic is, like, he's more of a kid in this movie. I've already said that. But, like, his relationship with James Marsden is explicitly a father-son relationship, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, he gets adopted at the end. Uh, I was going to say a, an actor who is extremely shoved in our faces all the time, but I wouldn't mind, would be T- Tom Holland. I'd like to see Tom Holland just hanging out with Sonic. That'd be a I cute dig movie. It. Yeah. You know what's funny? We're, we're we're talking about foils. My best friend was trying to describe a good foil to Sonic, and they just described Tails. And I'm like, yeah, Tails should just be in this movie. Like, even if Tails was here, you would like you wouldn't mind that James Marsden is also there because you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's just really strange to me that like the beginning of the movie is about Sonic in his home, and it's like, okay, he's a little baby Sonic. His bird mom is going to protect him and all of that. But it's like, well, where is Tails and Knuckles and Shadow and Amy and all these people that, like, he should at least, like... Like, if you can't afford to have them in the entire movie, like, have Tails at the beginning. And then Sonic gets lost from that. And it's like, okay, that makes a little bit of sense. Rather than, like, 
having him show up at the end is such a, a shitty play. It's like the thing of like in the sequel, maybe we'll give you the movie that you want to see. Well, that that is also how I feel is like, I think my feelings on this movie is going to get a lot more negative as time goes on. Okay. Uh, as when the sequel comes out, because this is the movie that had to exist for the studio execs for them to make like an actual Sonic movie. Like I imagine James Marsden will still be in the sequel, but he he will not be in it as like he'll probably be in the beginning, like kick off the adventure of Sonic and Tails, and then he'll just kind of disappear from the movie. I imagine, and then it'll just be Sonic and Tails, and they'll be going on a Sonic adventure against Eggman. Right. My feeling on it is like, why did the producers have to like hedge their bets that way and only give like you you're making a hundred million dollar movie. I feel like that should be enough to do all of the crazy stuff that you want to do. But if it's not, then spend another 25 million to like make a movie that actually is fan service, like make the movie that everybody wants to see first. And then if that does well, think of what other things people want to see for the sequel, you know? I guess the argument against that is that, uh, this is working. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I kind of, I like that it's its own take on Sonic. When it comes to fan service and references, I really was fine. I'm, I was surprisingly fine with Sonic being the only char- the only Sonic character in it for most of the movie, besides Eggman, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hated that go b- beforehand, but watching the movie, I was like, you know what, this is fine. Maybe it's because I got used to, and like I said, because I've unclenched my butt, and I, I just was like, okay, fine, whatever. It's not a movie that I'm, I was hoping for, but it won't be terrible. So maybe my expectations were just low, but I, I, I just there's just two things, two very big things. I wish the soundtrack had more references to Sonic music because Sonic's music is like one of the most famous things about him, and they only like reference Green Hill Zone at the very end, right? And it's like the score on its own really doesn't stand out. Like you could have just used orchestrated versions of sonic music people that don't play the games wouldn't have noticed because the music is just great anyway and also he spends like two-thirds of the movie wearing these gross garbage shoes for no reason just to explain how he got his normal shoes but the explanation is just tom's sister-in-law's yeah niece is the word has like sonic size shoes in her room somehow like, I don't need that explanation. Just make it so he's wearing nice-looking shoes the whole movie. I don't want to see Sonic running around with garbage shoes. Please. Well, <laughs> and, and I guess that that's that's sort of what I was getting at, is, like, I'm tired of the weird origin stories that, like, get to the end of the movie, and then they're like, now it's the thing that you wanted to see. Now yeah. the sequel will be the thing that you came here to see. It's like, has that ever worked? Yeah. Like, the, the Fantastic Four approach of being like, it's an origin story, and next time <laughs> we'll show you what's good. And then they yeah. never get to make a sequel. We should have stopped doing this after we made three Fantastic Four origin stories in a row. Right. Or, or not well, in no, a row, I, but I mean, but the, we the made... 2000s Fantastic Four got Rise of the Silver Surfer. So Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, I forgot that one got a sequel. But no, we had three origin stories and only one got a sequel. It's like, that should have been the, the notice to be like, all right, guys, cut it out. <laughs> Like, I feel like we've sort of learned our lesson and, and now movies are like less about origin stories and things like that. And sometimes that works to middling effects. That still depends on quality of writing. But like Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, we don't have to see Uncle Ben die again. We don't have to see him get the powers because we get how that happens, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing is I'm pretty sure this movie was like written before all that. And I bet they didn't 
do substantial rewrites to the script if I have to guess. Uh, I imagine fair. they just. Re- I imagine most of the rewrites involved adding Olive Garden to this script once when I changed my name. <laughs> just to reference me, which was very nice of them. No, that that's a really nice element of the movie, though, is that your your ringtone can be um, Tom the cop from the Sonic movie saying your name. <laughs> so that must be validating. Does Sonic never say Olive Garden? I bet he does. I don't think he does. I think I don't think Sonic's ever been to Olive Garden, honestly, because he definitely didn't go before Tom took him in, and they don't go during the movie. God, surprisingly, God, God, I want that. I want that. Why isn't that the post-credit scene of Sonic <laughs> going to Olive Garden and eating and eating? Oh, oh, I'm so mad. They like bring them the pasta, you know, like the the never-ending pasta bowl, and he like eats it all in three seconds. He's like, bring me more, and they're like, oh, I guess we have to. Yeah. Uh. I was imagining Sonic eating pasta at a normal speed, <laughs> and yours is so much better of being like, oh, yes, we have an endless, uh, you can get as many breadsticks as you want, and he just eats them all, and he's like, more, right. and they're like, oh. It's, it's just so weird to me, the product placement in this movie, because it's like Olive Garden, Zillow Apartments, and Mellow Yellow, like the, the F-grade soda that nobody's ever drank in because they actually wanted one. Shouldn't the product placement be like the Sonic drive-through restaurant or something? And then that's at least like room to make a joke. The Sonic drive-through restaurant doesn't even have like real plot product placement. They teamed up with like Carl's Jr. or something to be like, here's our Sonic tacos. And I'm like, what are you doing? Really? I would have expected it like Denny's, honestly, because they're the ones who get like all the like degrade. You know, when Fantastic Four came out, they had, like, the Thing Burger hey, or, like, the Han Solo D-grade. movie. D-grade. We're talking about Sonic here. Well, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Sonic is a drive through named Sonic, and Sonic's most famous food he eats is chili dogs, which he does eat in this movie, which was a treat. Um, he, he eats one chili dog off camera. Like, he should have eaten the chili dog in the movie. I feel robbed. There could have been, like, a joke in the movie where, like, slow motion Sonic, like, eats his first chili dog, and it's, like, a big triumphant moment. There's, like, crazy music and stuff, and it's, like, that's kind of funny, I guess. But this movie doesn't really have, yeah. like, jokes like that. It's mostly dialogue-based. I was gonna say... If you've, like, played or watched or read Sonic Media as much as I do, they really, really, really think it's, like, worth mentioning that he likes chili dogs just to mention it. I love the Sonic comics. They're probably my favorite bit of Sonic Media, but they mention chili dogs so often that I'm like, all right, I know he likes chili dogs. I'm reading this. I'm a Sonic fan. Right. You don't need to have him, like, get hit by a robot and then say "Ooh, that hit me harder than a chili dog like i'm fine i know he likes chili dogs so i like that he just ate it and he was like oh that was good and i'm like okay fine i don't know i mean there's so much real estate in this movie for him to be doing crazy things that he's not really doing yeah i guess that i would rather see him eat a chili dog than like do square dancing or like do darts and like hit the waitress or do literally anything else he does in the movie (laughs) I like the bar sequence, but that being said, I did go to the bathroom the moment they pulled into the biker bar, and I was like, okay, I need to go pee. And when I came back, my friend was like, you didn't miss anything, and I'm like, oh, I know. I know. This is... I'm like, I'm like, I can imagine what he's doing, and somehow I didn't even miss the parts I imagined. He still hadn't even caused any hijinks yet. I was like, okay, I don't know. Did, he, did we just spend a minute of the movie of him just, like, ordering food by himself? 
with no hijinks. Yeah, I mean, pretty much literally. I think the only thing you missed is that, like, they're sitting around talking, and Tom is like, I can't wait to fucking get rid of you, dude. You suck so much. And Sonic's like, but I, like, I have a bucket list of things I want to do. And Tom is like, okay, I guess we're best friends now. It'd be funny if I missed the scene that makes that made you and my friend hate Tom. <laughs> There's just a scene where Tom is just like, you know, canonically, I actually eat puppies. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though, is that he doesn't even need to do that because he's just like the most boring motherfucker. He's horrible, yeah. horrible to his wife. He's so horrible to his wife. I hate him for that, even if he wasn't a cop. He is labeled a domestic terrorist because he's helping Sonic And, like, instead of calling his wife and telling her, like, hey, I know you're out of town. I know you haven't seen me in two days. I'm not a terrorist. This is what's happening. Instead, he just, like, travels across country to go see her in person and bring the bad guys to her. He's a bad, bad man. Well, when I say I don't dislike him, I don't don't even like him. I'm just kind of unbothered by his presence because it really is just, like, I can't dislike eating a saltine cracker. Right. No, I understand that. (laughs) Yeah. um, I just feel like he's taking up valuable real estate in the film. Like, he could be somebody interesting and he's not. And so he's the worst character in the history of film. (laughs) I mean, I had to live through Chris Thorndike of Sonic X. So I'm just... I have such low standards. But I've said that I just feel like whenever I see a movie, like, if a movie is, like, the worst movie ever... That's a good time for me. If the movie is completely forgettable, that is a waste of my time, I guess. If you have no connection to Sonic, this movie is neither like the worst movie ever and it's so bad that it's fun to watch. And it's also not like not it's like not worth watching if you're not a Sonic fan and you don't have kids. Basically, it really is like a by the books kids movie. That also has Sonic in it. Yeah, that's fair. Like I sort of said when I walked out of it, like if you replace Sonic with a CGI Smurf and you called Dr. Eggman Gargamel instead, it would be a Smurfs movie. There's no difference. Yeah, it really, it, it's, it's, we're putting Sonic into that framework. So I want to talk about the Sega intro. Okay. Uh, not, nothing to say, just, I love that. I just love seeing all the Sega games. I shouted Fantasy Zone out loud. And my friend would like shushed me because I'm a child. Um, also, I was in a theater like it was completely full on a Sunday night at like 5 p.m. And I was like, whoa, I like I haven't been to a crowded theater in so long because I have the AMC pass. So I'm always going at like 3 p.m. on a Tuesday and there's like three people there. It was completely crowded. There was like a kid in every seat. They were all making comments. They're all laughing at the jokes. So I also think that's part of. Why my cynicism isn't getting to me is because I was just sitting around and being like, look at this. We're all just enjoying Sonic. We're all just having a good time. Sure. I I think that that had the the opposite effect on me where like I saw it opening night with all the Sonic fans and they were all stoked to be there. Oh, okay. And they were like, like laughing at the Olive Garden product placement. I was like, oh, you guys will just like laugh at anything. Like you'll just give it up. And that to me was gross. But that's just my cynical nature, I guess, coming out. I think if you saw the face I was making this whole movie, you would not say gross. You would say, Olive, are you okay? No, that's... <laughs> Olive, is everything okay? That's fine. I mean, again, it's it's fine to like the movie. Like, I like a lot of terrible, ridiculous movies. But this one was was not one of them for me. 
I cried tears of joy when they announced Sonic Forces. I am a Sonic... I am just... I love this series very much. So I'm very... I'm willing to forgive it for things because... I am a grizzled veteran. But I want to talk about this intro. I thought it was really getting me hyped up. Mostly because I'm a Sonic nerd. But also, they started playing the song from Sonic Mania. And I was like, whoa. Like, I can't believe it. They're actually playing this in the movie. Like, I was getting so pumped up about that. Because I love Hyper Potions. I love that song. Uh, The scene of him running around Green Hill Zone. I love that. It really made me wish the whole movie was just set there. And this was... You know, when I said I, I, I would, I, obviously, if I'm making a Sonic movie, I'm going to say, don't have any people in it and just make it a 3D animated, like make it uh, in my head. When I say that, I, I imagine like make it look like the games, right? Like make it how look Sonic looks in Wreck-It Ralph, like make it that sort of animated movie. But when he's running through Green Hill Zone, I'm like, hold on, this actually looks really nice. Like I would love a movie just in this world, like with this animation style, I actually really liked how it looked, but I really love this opening scene. There was a one for one camera shot from Sonic generations from a level in Sonic generations in this scene, which I thought was really impressive, like camera work for a movie, but also just really, really cool. Uh, I like, I like that Sonic has, they made like a new OC to be his mentor but then they immediately kill them off. I just like that they opened. They're like, hey, we're just going to separate this into its own world a little bit. Here's this owl thing. The owl clearly was from the old design. And my friend was bothered by that. But I wasn't because it's an owl. You know, owls just look weirdly realistic in real life. Like, like if you put an owl next to any actual animal, you're like, huh. These these art these art styles don't match up, <laughs> right? And it, it kind of shows how little we've come with animation with owl animation specifically since, uh, like Legends of the Guardians, the owls of Gahul. <laughs> you know, like it sort of looks the same as it did ten years ago. Anyway, the owl tech hasn't evolved. Mm-mm. I mean, also though that character gets ganked so fast. Like she's like Sonic, you have to go, and then she sets up the ring, and then he runs through. And then she's like, I can't go for, for some reason. I'm going to stay here and you'll be alone forever. Goodbye. And then she doesn't really do anything. She just like stands there until the ring closes. You know what? Actually, you know, I didn't think about that. But yeah, that really was just writing <laughs> where they're like, no, she has to die because she's just not going to be in the rest of the movie. Right. <laughs> but I love, I love that the bad guys in Sonic's world are the, the Knuckles clan. That is so sick because it opens it up for, for, oh my God, the sequel is going to be so good because it means that it sets up that Knuckles could be in the sequel as a minor villain. Eggman, I think Eggman is going to find, what if he finds the, the master emerald on the mushroom planet and that's how he, you don't, you don't even know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like maybe Jim Carrey won't even come back. Cause like, he's never really done a sequel. Like he did kick ass too, but he wasn't in the first one. You know, he doesn't really do sequels to his own movie. So I wonder if he'll even be in the next one when they do it. I think so. I think so. Because he's such a big part of why people like this. I can't imagine. You know what I really wonder is cause Riff Raff said that he voiced a character in this movie, uh, like a year ago. 
And I was like, excuse me, Riff Raff? What do you mean? And then I guess he just, I, the whole movie I was waiting, I'm like, where is Riff Raff's animated character coming from? And he just never appeared. So I was like, okay. Did he say that he played an animated character? Or maybe he was like a live action character that got cut out. I think he said he did a voice for it. But also, he might have just been imagining it. I don't know. I like when Sonic falls off the building and he drops all his rings in an organic way. I thought that was very funny. That part of the movie was strange to me because like, it sort of felt like maybe there needs to be more agency to the whole situation with the rings. Like The whole thing is that Sonic has like 200 of these little rings and he can just leave Earth whenever he wants to and he doesn't want to. And it's like, well, why doesn't he have like three more rings? And then he accidentally uses one and he's like, now I only have two left. Instead of like, I need to get to San Francisco where I have an unlimited amount of rings left. I think it's mostly just for that scene where he drops all his rings. I'm being honest. Yeah. And also to set up the sequel, because he still has rings at the end, right? No, no, no. He has all his rings at the end. That's sort of the thing is like, why at the end of the movie does he still have all of these rings instead of like maybe at the end of the movie, like he uses the last one to save Tom and he's like, well, now I can never leave Earth or something like that. You know, that would make a lot more sense as a character motivation. I think it's more compelling that he he chooses to stay on Earth. That he's like, I can leave, but I just won't. And I think that's honestly just for the sequel to be like, because they show, they're like, this is all the world's Sonic. And like, that's clearly like, I was like trying to look closer to understand what the icons meant, but I couldn't. I, I couldn't make out what they were. I don't think they were anything. I did like that the mushroom planet seems... It doesn't, it doesn't look like a Sonic level, but it seems to be based on Mushroom Hill Zone from Sonic and Knuckles, which I thought was funny. So do you think that's where Knuckles is? They're like, if he goes to the Mushroom Planet, then maybe you'll see this other character you want to see, and then he never goes there? No, 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 no. Knuckles is definitely on Sonic's planet because... The Knuckles clan is there. Yeah, the, the Knuckles clan. Which is, this is a weird, that's a, honestly a weird take on the lore... Because Knuckles is, like, known as, like, the last echidna. So, in this universe, like, the Knuckles clan died, like, thousands of years ago in the current Sonic lore. So, the fact that they're currently alive and antagonistic to Sonic is very interesting. I mean, this movie will not explore that, but it is interesting. (laughs) I mean, I guess that it just leaves so much up to a sequel, and I guess that it's good that like the movie's getting a sequel because the fans want to see those things. But to me, that just feels like such a cynical thing to like cheer on a, a movie that gave you half of what you want. I don't know. I mean, I guess that I'm just looking at it from a very pessimistic perspective just because I was a little bit annoyed when I saw the movie and because I'm sick of like the sequel baiting in Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Like, to me, I know I kept on bringing up Birds of Prey earlier, like... Birds of Prey does have setups for a sequel, but it also feels like its own movie that gave you everything that you could possibly have wanted from that kind of experience, you know? Like, sure, like, it would have been cool if, like, Black Mask actually got burned. I don't know if you saw Birds of Prey anyway. It doesn't matter. Not yet. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, too. Yeah, I mean, basically what I'm saying is I guess that that movie just feels like a full movie. It doesn't feel like it's, like, sequel baiting. It doesn't feel like you need to have seen Suicide Squad to understand what's happening, And that was just really satisfying of a theater experience, you know, that it's just like, let's focus on the audience right now. Let's pamper the people that are here and give them what they're looking for. And hopefully that's enough to get us past this hump, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with like everything you're saying, all these criticisms. 
But you still like I it. Just That's love okay. Sonic. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's like when people tell me that the McDonald's McMuffin is bad for me. It's like, I know. I know it's not good for my body to put this in it. I need it sometimes at 8 a.m., even though it's not good for me. I know I can have a salad, but I'm not going to. And I mean, I guess that I don't have like that lifelong connection to something that hasn't given me exactly what I've wanted or like that I that I will settle for something. Like I love Mario. I love Mario games. But I'm not like if I saw another Mario Bros. movie and it sucked, I would be like, or like it didn't give me anything that I wanted, I'd be like, wow, that was pretty disappointing. Well, you know, like if I, I saw a Life I, is Strange movie if they finally made that, or like Bioshock, I would expect that to actually be a good movie on its own merits. Well, I gotta say, I don't wanna I don't wanna characterize myself as someone who my whole life I've been like Sonic isn't giving me what I wanted. Because oh, sure. by and large They've just been giving me things, and I've enjoyed what they've given me. Right. Like, what I want is, like, a 30-hour, is, like, a 300-hour epic uh, Witcher 3-esque game where Sonic is, like, like, you know, a game they would never make because I'm just a weirdo. Right. Who, Sonic has always been, out of every media franchise, it has the biggest impact on my life in so many ways. It, like, I wouldn't be the person I am without Sonic. And it's been, like, such a big source of joy for me since I was, like, four. And it's been, like, the primary source of joy in my life for, like, several periods. Well, now I just feel like a jerk for going to the screening that had Ben no. Schwartz and the director. They, like, tried to do a and a after our screening, and, and nobody had any questions for them. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have had so many. <laughs> If you could have been at the Q&A, what, what would you have asked them? Like, it was it was an animator from The Thing, like, the person that designed the new Sonic design, Jeff Fowler, the director. Oh, and, Tyson Hess? Yeah, T- Tyson Hess was there, yeah. And Ben Schwartz. Wow. Two icons. I would have asked Ben if... I guess I would ask, like, what... If, if he looked at other Sonic voice actors and who he was influenced by. Because there really has been a lot of Sonic voice actors over the years... And they all have, like, different takes on the character. Like, Jaleel White was the original one. And then throughout the 3D games, there's been, like, three or four. And they all have had, like, slightly different takes. Right. So I'd, I'd really be curious to see who he who he studied and to see if he was just trying to uh, nail the same feel or if he was trying to just make his own, his, his own take entirely on the character. I mean, he he definitely seems, sorry, I don't have the answer to that question. I, he's not here right now, but he definitely seems like somebody at least who is like a fan of this franchise and a fan of like retro arcade in general. Like I've seen him on Twitter, like talk for so long about like the Super Nintendo classic or whatever, you know, and he'll like do like these uh-huh. long threads about games that he's put in a hundred hours on, you know, so he's definitely a fan of all this stuff. But I feel like the the movie itself filtered him a little bit in that way, you know? I gotta say, I was very much... I love Ben Schwartz. He's one of my favorite uh, comedians. Um, I really... Like, I listen to him on podcasts a lot, like Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, he's great on Comedy Bang Bang. I love him on that, but I was like, I don't know if he's the right choice for Sonic. He's not a very, like, confident guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, oh my god, he really, really, really nailed it. I really loved his take on Sonic in this. Probably my my favorite part of the movie, just him as Sonic. 
And I mean, I guess that that's sort of the thing that we've been talking about this entire time is that it leaves a lot for a sequel to do with those characters and the casting is good that like Ben Schwartz as Sonic and Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik could make a really good movie next time around, I think. I mean, that that's all coming from my perspective of having not liked it. Like a lot of people really like this movie. It's doing really well in the box office. Fans for sure really like it. Kids like it. So... You know, my opinion doesn't really matter all that much aside from that people are listening to my podcast right now, you know? Your opinion matters because you're a person that saw the movie. I don't need to tell you that. That's fair. Okay, so, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm wholesome. Yeah, I don't I don't really have a counter for that. You got me. You stumped me. <laughs> and I talk for a living, so good job. You are valid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This movie was just like a very average episode of sonic x with higher production values and i was fine with that you know it was just an average kids movie with i thought some of the jokes were really funny i really i was really like actually laughing out loud at some of them uh jim carrey as eggman was great the he has very good sexual tension with his stone uh, assistant agent stone of yeah. course yeah i did i did actually feel that a lot in the movie and i considered during the q a like i was trying to get my partner reed to like ask like yell out like hey reed ask ask if they're gay reed you need to ask if they're gay <laughs> and i think that he was too much of a coward to do it my friend casually just called Eggman a gay villain when we were leaving, like when we were discussing it. And I was like, what am I? I was like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't really talk about Jim Carrey's Eggman. I thought it was a strange dynamic to make the movie about like a cop that's really, really dumb and just wants to punch things and a bad guy who's really, really smart. Eggman is a war criminal. But it's, it's just strange to me that, like, the ending of the movie is, like, look at this. The cop's going to, like, punch him in the face. And that's, like, the the great uh, triumphant moment of the movie is, like, this this cop that definitely bullied people in high school beating up this guy that got bullied in high school. And it's, like, this is a strange, well, Eggman, strange movie. Eggman is also... Eggman bullied people in high school. What are you talking about? And he's also a cop. Well, yeah, you're right. Okay, he works for the government. I mean, the, the movie explicitly says that he this got is, bullied in high school. This is a cop beating up a cop. That's true. The movie explicitly says that he got beat up in high school and that he used his brains to fight back. So I, I think that my point has a little bit of validity to it. <laughs> yeah, I like Jim Carrey as Eggman. I was surprised how much I liked it. He's he's not really being Eggman. He's really just being a, a weird... Uh, just a, just a weird scientist guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like. I mean, I it's guess... Just, I'm just like, all right. I guess that that was just another thing for me, is like, why at the end of the movie are they like, here's the Eggman design you all wanted to see at, at the end of the movie. You're not going to see him again. Goodbye. Like, why couldn't he just be bald and have a huge mustache the whole film? Yeah, that would be really funny if like... That would also explain why everyone like hates him so much if he just shows up and he looks like that and they're like... And just everyone else looks normal. <laughs> That'd be a much better movie. My second screening that I went to when I went to take notes on the movie for the podcast was a lot more enjoyable than the first one just because I knew what I was getting into. I didn't really walk into it with any expectations that it would be something that it wasn't. I still kind of felt like the things that I enjoyed the most out of the movie were like the the things that I was sort of enjoying on an ironic level, like Sonic flossing or like the bad product. I placement. loved Sonic like, flossing. Yeah, there wasn't much for me to dig into in this movie from like a character perspective. 
And that's how I watch most movies, you know? That was sort of the thing that I loved about, like, Birds of Prey was, like, I walked away and I was like, wow, these characters really all have a moment at least that, like, digs into them and gives you something to think about and something relatable about them. The characters in Sonic are just literally, like, I'm mad that you have a good home and you want to leave it, or I'm a a cop and that's it. Like, they don't really (laughs) have anything that I get understand you know and maybe that's my fault for not being like country enough or a cop Um, no no the the writing of tom and sonic and them arguing about tom wanting to leave is completely it's nonsensical it's like it's it's them inventing a reason for them to argue with each other which they need to do in every animated film, which is my biggest pet peeve. Right, and it's strange because it's like, well, Tom has a real reason to be mad at Sonic. Like, Sonic fucking ruined his yeah. life. He had a job that he wanted. He has a wife that's probably going to leave him. The The government is after him trying to kill him. And Sonic is, like, mad at Tom because, one, he tased him after Sonic broke into his house. So, like, fuck you, dude. Like, you deserve that. Two, he wants to leave his hometown, and it's like none of this really makes any sense, Sonic. Like I know that you're like irrational because you're a little a little space gremlin teenager, but like I don't know. I guess that I just wanted more from those those that relationship. Yeah. No. No. That it's and when they try to like later in the movie, Sonic's like, "Well, I guess I'm leaving to the Mushroom Planet, and you're leaving to." San, San Diego right. or San Fra- San Francisco. Right. That's basically the same thing, right? And I'm like, "No, it's not. It's completely they're they're com- they're not comparable at all, Sonic." Yeah, I mean, and after Sonic hears that that James that what's his name? John Tom, Tom. After Sonic hears that Tom wants to go to San Francisco, he's like he's like, "Well, if I fucking die, you're not even going to care about me, right? Cuz you're going to leave your hometown, so like you don't even care about anything or anybody." And it's like all right, why are you being edgy now? Like, aren't you supposed to be, like, just having a good time? What's happening, man? But I just hate those scenes in movies where they're just like, now we all have to disagree with each other over a misunderstanding. It's like, stop. Please, I'm begging you. Please just talk to each other. Yeah, and sometimes the contrivance can be a little bit sillier than other times. Like, if the movie's called Batman v Superman, you get it. Like, they have to fight, so the movie has to find a reason for them to fight, and it's going to be silly. But, like, if the movie's about Sonic and Tom being buds, they don't really have to do that. Like, they can just be buds. No. I don't know. No, they need to do that at the beginning. Well, they don't even do it at the beginning of Act 3 in this movie, but every other animated film at the beginning of Act 3, they're just like... One character is just like, so do you want to get lunch? And the other character is like, it's 4.30. It's too late for lunch. I guess I mean nothing to you now. Right. And then they just walk away and it's like, so you had a bad day. And I'm like, what? Like every animated film needs to do that. And I hate it. It's like my least favorite trope. Because it makes the characters look so, like you said, it makes them look edgy or nonsensical or like bad friends in a lot of movies. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't know. Well, that is Sonic the Hedgehog. Olive, thank you so much for joining me this week. Where can people find you on social media? Twitter.com slash Olive Brinker. Uh, my comic is uh, Twitter.com slash Ray the Doe and Ray the Doe.com. My Instagram is uh, Instagram.com slash Ray the Doe. Follow me there. 
because I don't have clout on Instagram, and having Instagram clout is like the cool site to have clout on. Having Twitter clout doesn't really mean anything. And I'm on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. Thank you so much for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant, and I'm here if you need to talk. And in the film, Sonic has a bucket list. And I was wondering, after all you've done in your career and in your life, is there anything still left on your bucket list? Just you. (laughs) Wow. That's it. It's all Uh, done now. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. Uh, Just own it. Uh, Okay, I'm owning it now. (laughs) 